Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? Episode 77 of the Nick and Matt Show. We've got Nick, as always, down in Virginia. What's up, Nick? What's going on? How's got, everybody doing tonight? Yeah, we've got Evan in studio, as usual. You can put Evan up if you don't mind. And How's it going? This is the first time ever. So, Evan, yeah. So, this is the first time ever. You're going to be able to hear a voice actually audibly clear. What's up, Ben? What up? There you go. We gave Ben a microphone, so he'll speak when he's spoken to. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and mute him right about now. <laughs> we don't need to hear his breathing and typing. Yeah, but when we when we want his input, that'll be great, fantastic. Thank you very much, Ben, for doing what you do. Um, also, I apologize for the live crew, like the live audience. I, uh, Nick, I messed up. I said seven p.m. Eastern uh, to our crowd. Twitter said eight p.m. So some people knew it, some didn't. Here we are. Yep. I, yeah, it's funny because I actually I was just in a business meeting with my buddies. I'm actually at one of my business partners' houses right now, using his whole setup. So I've, it's cool. I've got this massive monitor that I'm looking at right now. But um, we were doing a meeting with some stuff, and all of a sudden it was like 7.30. It was like, oh, crap. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, we started at 8 o'clock tonight. So it actually works out really nice. Yeah, it does. So have you have you played Wordle at all yet, Nick? No. No. I, no. How do you feel no, about I Wordle? I don't, I don't really understand it. Apparently it's like five-letter <laughs> word game, and everyone keeps posting that they got some score, but I have no idea any of what it means. So. I don't know. I just never got into it. <laughs> okay. So all of our podcast listeners or 95% of them are like, it's so good. And there's 5% are saying this is horrible. Like, I can't believe you brought it up, but I thought there'd be a fantastic version. If someone wants to figure it out for us, how to do the disc golf version of Wordle. Like we have to decide like what disc it's pretty fun. Uh, Evan, have you gotten into that at all? Have you done any? I don't know. You, you told me about it like a couple weeks ago and I've been playing it some, uh, oh. Yeah, I loved Mastermind as a kid. Like, that was such a fun game. Would always play that. So Wordle's kind of the same idea, except you got to know words, which is the tough part, because I'll, like, be like, okay, I know an E has to be in one of these two spots, but I have zero clue what a word could be with that. And you just sit there and you're like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. So I'm checking things right now real quick, and I apologize when I have to do this. It's telling me, like, that, the internet is not awesome. And so I'm concerned that it's possible. Um, it's really glitching out for people. Um, I want to make sure that that's not the case, but let us know in the comments if, if it's, if it's really bad, if it's really buffering, it seems like there's an issue, but I can't, um, see the issue. Okay. Let's continue on, um, with this for now and hope that things smooth out. Okay. So, um, I had somebody at a team challenge event this last weekend tell me that they hiked the Appalachian Trail, which is something that you do. And I'm assuming most of the country knows this. If you're a hiker, Appalachian Trail, it's from like Georgia to Maine. And it's massive. And it takes three or four months. Um, so he did it. And he told me the other day, he, he did it in four months time. And he's like, during that trip, I listened to the Nick and Matt show for hundreds of hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm like, wild i'm sorry no. he said he yeah. wanted to hear voices because after so long of hiking by yourself you kind of want to do that 
Nick, have you ever been so lonely that you just wanted to listen to the Nick and Matt show? Uh, no, usually it's just to see like the other week when I actually used the Yeti microphone and had it plugged in the correct way. I listened to a couple of minutes just to see how the voice sounded. Um, but in all honesty, out of the 75, 76 episodes that we've done, we're on 77. So yeah, 76 episodes. I've not fully listened to a single one. So I don't know. There are segments like I've listened to some of the clips before. Like I've, I've re-listened to the Paul McBeth interview. I've listened to a couple of the Ricky ones. Um, but I haven't ever like started to finish any of our episodes. Well, I, I had to ask him a few questions. I said, Hey, you ready to be interviewed? And I said, like, what was your favorite part? He said somewhere down near like Virginia that there's wild, like Shetland ponies, like wild, like you're hiking the trail and they come up to you and they're like, Oh, your skin is salty from sweating, you know, and they lick their legs and everything. So that was interesting. And then he said, he felt like there might've been one time where he thought like, maybe I'm going to die. Because early on, I guess, I don't know, early on, it was like got down to like zero degrees with like wind chill and he didn't have uh, like a lodge or a shelter to stay in. And so he was like in a hammock and it's like cold. He's like, it's the opposite of a barbecue spit. <laughs> it's like a frozen, yeah. like the wind's going over and under him. And he said it was bad. Like he's like, if I fall asleep, I feel like I'm going to die. So he went to the shelter and he said he laid under like the edge of the shelter, like outside, like trying to just get away from the wind. But he said a couple nights of that. Anyways, Nick and Matt show apparently helped him through. That was very cool. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. But if you talk to him again, you got to ask him what his trail name was because oh, yeah. they all do. I mean, it's like a cult, you mm -hmm. know, if you hike it, but they all have their trail names and that's all you refer to people by. It's kind of cool. Also kind of weird, but it is kind of cool. <laughs> all right. Uh, so. With that being said, let's go ahead and do something that I've been waiting to do. We, we did this a little while ago, but I'm waiting to do it again. We're going to pass around. Nick, you got some jerky down there? I do. Okay. I, I actually have my favorite one that I've had so far. Here, Evan, take it. So jerky looks funny on camera. Like, here it is. But it this jerky by Double G Craft Jerky, Evan, you've made mention of this in past, and we wanted to do this again. Um, I'm not going to take a bite while I'm talking, but double G craft jerky. I'm going to take a bite. <laughs> I want to really badly. You guys are just slow down. Don't eat the whole bag. <laughs> um, is an amazing jerky. And I'm going to let everyone respond to that. Evan, Ben, even if he wants to, I'll pop his microphone on so we can hear him smacking and, uh, Nick, but double G craft jerky is officially sponsoring the Nick and Matt show. Mm -hmm. Um, Purely because we all love their jerky so much. So here's some really cool things. Besides the amazing selection of flavors, which by the way, here they are, if you didn't know, we're eating right now the McBeast barbecue. This, sorry, I took a bite. <laughs> this is their best seller. And I know why, because it's my favorite as well. What are you tasting when you take a bite of this, Evan? That, it's good. I'm trying to like put it into words because it is good. How can I say it's good in different ways? Um, that's a really good barbecue taste. Like if you're a barbecue fan, like if you dip French fries in barbecue or have barbecue whatever all the time, like this is the jerky for you. It is good. I could be wrong if it's like a little smoked flavor in there, but it's like a smoky barbecue almost. It's like really good. Yes. And I actually think it, there's a slight spice in there, right? Like it's like if you eat enough. Yeah. If you eat enough, you get a little, yeah, Nick, it's you, like a, you would know. Well, so, yeah, so I, I hate spicy, spicy food, food that's too hot. Matt loves it. He has a massive tolerance for it. 
the barbecue flavor, the McBeast barbecue style is easily my favorite one that I've had so far. And the first time that I had it, I actually had one of the little sample packets that Garrett and his company had sent to Paul and Hannah. And it literally, the first piece that I tasted, it felt like someone literally just took a piece of jerky and just put barbecue sauce on top of it. Like the barbecue flair was so good <laughs> and so intense right off the bat. And that's exactly what I want. Cause a lot of times when I go out to restaurants, I'll get, let's say chicken tenders rolled in barbecue sauce with a side of ranch. And so barbecue to me is awesome. So the double, the McBeast barbecue style beef jerky is so far it's been my favorite. I had the garlic pepper one not too long ago as well. That one was good, but the McBeast barbecue style, definitely top notch. <clears throat> top notch. They have original, which is the classic beef jerky, hot boom mm -hmm. sauce, teriyaki, smashed cracked pepper, garlic lover's dream. The name says it all for that one. In fact, they also have a Paul's max weight. Paul had a complaint. No, I don't know this Paul. There was a complaint about this one. The only complaint though that was coming in was the bags were too small. <laughs> so they made this one. It's a six ounce bag yeah. for Paul. That's pretty large when it comes to jerky. So I just want to point out a few awesome things here. They have some gluten-free flavors, if that's what you're into. Um, and those are the original, Paul's Max Weight, original and Garlic Lover's Dream, Smash Crack Pepper, all gluten-free, which is great. The rest are whatever you want to do for your own diet. But here's really cool, the charity side of this. Each bag sells, they benefits the Paul Macbeth Foundation or Double G Children's Foundation. They partnered with Paul to make this happen. Um, some of their projects that Paul Macbeth's doing, they've partnered with, they're helping those happen, kids clinics. In fact, I just got a message that this week they hosted a children's like disc golf tournament. 120 participants, like kids participating in the tournament. That's fantastic. And did you know, Evan, if you did, you'd probably be doing it by now. Did you know there's a jerky subscription for Double G Craft Jerky? I did not. What is that? So three or six or 12 months, every, whatever you pick for your timeline. And I guess you could do multiple subscriptions and get it all the time. But every three months, if you sign up for that, they will send you your jerky that you want every three months. So you don't run out of jerky. My wife heard about that, and she's like, why aren't we doing that? And I was like, all right, we'll, we'll get on that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a there good point. Go. Yeah. I mean, they're sending definitely... us sample packs for the show, so it's kind of like, yeah. but I should still subscribe. I need more jerky. And yeah. I, What's I'll... really cool is I haven't had a ton of their flavors yet, and so they had sent us this massive sample box of all the different flavors for the most part, and so I'm really excited for the weeks to come of first reactions to these new flavors rather than try it out and then have something scripted. I'd rather just... Here we go. I'm trying it. This is what it tastes like. And <laughs> oh, this is not scripted. Hopefully there's nothing too spicy, spicy to where I'm going to have to leave the show. <laughs> well, hot boom sauce. We already have a segment. You got to do hot boom sauce with statter fiction. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Wrapping oh, I like it up. That. I like that. You know the flavors you want to your door delivered on a monthly basis or however you choose for your frequency. That's awesome. And then wholesale. They sell at discount rates at local disc golf stores. TDs can carry the product and provide a snack. That's perfect for the course. They have roughly right now 80 stores currently. They're looking to add a lot more. This is fantastic. If you like jerky, you like Double G, you like what he's doing, definitely use the code Nick and Matt, Nick and Matt, over at Double G Craft Jerky. They're going to send you a free gift with your purchase because Nick and Matt show. So go over there, order some right now. I don't care if you leave the stream for just a minute <laughs> or if you're, you know, order some right now. It is a fantastic jerky. What did you say the other day about gas station jerky? compared to this oh i was like i need jerky because double g jerky is so good you go and have craft or sorry you don't have craft you have gas station jerky and you're just like oh like this is not even like it's, it tastes it's bad disappointing now, now. Yeah. yeah so uh skip the gas station drive to a uh, disc golf store or the subscription and do that instead
So I finished yeah. my piece of jerky. What's really cool is we've also partnered with Double G Craft Jerky to provide sample packs to our uh, pro interviews. So Jackie Chen is going to receive, hopefully in California where he is, a packet of jerky. We'll have to ask him if he's ever had jerky before. <laughs> so <laughs> do they have jerky in uh, Taiwan? You have to believe they do, but I have no idea. No idea. We'll find out. Okay. Um, all that being said, before we get to the interview in about two minutes, and we've got them lined up in our green room. And everything is still looking funky on my side, but it's going. So we're going to keep going. I have to say this, and I have to put, like, this feeling of concern and good thoughts and prayers out there. Johnny McRae, also someone that's not as familiar to the disc golf world at large, Jim Oates, uh, relationship to Juliana Corver, and Johnny McRae, most people know him. A 50-plus-year-old player who can take down the Pro Open whenever he wants to. Almost took down the USDGC a few years ago. Massive heart attacks uh, about two days ago. Uh, while playing a tournament, Johnny McRae goes down. 100% blockage is what I'm reading. It's very serious. Uh, prayers and thoughts go out to them. I heard that as far as things can go well after a heart attack, they're on the right direction. But, man, Nick and Matt show... I don't know if, Nick, you have anything to say, but man, Nick and Matt show, also the disc golf community at large, we're, we're banding together and we're wishing the best for you. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't have said it any different. Um, and it's kind of a weird subject, but like, it hasn't happened very often where we've seen a notable disc golfer that has either passed away or had a very serious incident. Like, I don't remember even talking about anything like this in the last two years. So. Yeah, I mean, personally, on the Nick and Matt show, I don't think we have. Um, I remember the last one that was kind of an on-course injury was, I think, Yuli at one of the Texas tournaments had torn his ACL. I can't remember if it was mid-tournament or during the week, maybe during practice. And then years and years ago, Devin Owens broke his leg at a tournament, I'm pretty sure. But in the two years that we've pretty much been doing the Nick and Matt show, we haven't had anything major and significant like that. So, yeah, definitely the best of well wishes to Johnny McRae's family and then Jim Oates' family uh, for those two. And uh, we hope to see them back. So far, what I've read online is that it's been good news so far. So just really hoping that it stays like that. Yes, I agree. All right, let's, without further delay, we're going to welcome to the show Jackie Chen. And so without further delay, let's go ahead and do that. Let's bring them in to the show. And we'd like to welcome Jackie Chen. We've also lined up uh, an interpreter for us. And his name's Mike. Mike is at the show as well. You can pull Mike up on screen if you don't mind. Um, hey, Mike. And hey, Jackie, how's it going? All right. Uh, so, Jackie, I'm going to talk to you in my fast American <laughs> English. And you can talk however you want English or in Mandarin, whatever you want. Mike is here to assist you. Um, so go ahead and tell us, how did you discover disc golf? Yeah. Uh, hello, Hi, I'm Jackie, and I come from Taiwan. And how do you, how do you discover disc golf? Yeah. When I have a kid, when I was 
其他人或是我爸妈在公园，然后其他人可以把飞盘丢得很远，然后很准。哎、欸，我觉得这个很有趣，所以我也想要一起投入。所以渐渐渐的，慢慢的，我就喜欢玩飞盘这样。OK， 啊啊、uh, ，Jack said、uh, when when I was a kid, young kid, uh, he used to play uh other frisbee sports, and then one time his parents took him to the park. And he saw、uh, older people throwing、uh, different kind of frisbees,、uh, discs, and he noticed that wow, they could throw really far, and they're really accurate as they were sinking, you know, putts from quite far away. And that was his first experience and introduction to disc golf. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Jackie, do you feel like disc golf is easy for you, or do you feel like you have to work hard to perform? You came out your first big tournament in Taiwan. You played amazing, and so where does that come from? 就是第二个第二个问问句嘛，对不对？就是那个对你来讲很简单，还是你要努力用功才可以表现？对，那对我来讲不是特别容易。然后我刚回来玩飞盘，因为我有一段时间是没有接触飞盘的。那我刚回来玩那段时间，我。其实花很多时间练习，尤其是我的正手和我的敲杆，然后也是我希望把每我把我希望把我每的阶段做到最好，但那对我来说不是特别容易。其实我花很多时间在练习这样。啊、uh, ，OK， 啊、uh, ，it it wasn't particularly easy for him at first. Ah,、uh, said I spent a lot of time practicing, especially the forehand and putting. Uh, whenever I have time, I will go to open spaces to practice, as I want to, you know, do everything to the best of my ability. So, no, it was not particularly easy. Okay,、um, you performed really well. You averaged a thousand and forty rated at that event. You beat the current world champion James Conrad, Philo Brathwaite, and another great notable player, Nate Perkins.、Um, Whether it was easy or not, you performed well.、Um, are you the best player in Taiwan, or do other players beat you sometimes? 听得懂吧？听得懂。OK， 第三个。对我，我算是台湾最好的选手，但是我在每次的比赛需要很投入的完成，因为有其他台湾选手也很厉害，所以我。不是这么容易可以赢得比赛的，呃，因为其他，原来，对对，其大概是这样。要要我点要我点他们的名字吗？呃，好啊，好，啊、uh, ，Yeah， he said， uh， Jackie， well， I'm saying he's the first person， I guess that's the best， um， yes， uh， I am considered one of the best players in Taiwan， although I still need to be very focused， and you know， focus in the game。And try to finish every set with precision,、uh, which will hopefully allow me to win most games in Taiwan.、Uh, although there are other very good players in Taiwan as well, just to name a few:、uh, Ace Xiao, Richard Tang,、um, one of our good friends, Xiao Luo.、Uh, these are all, you know, players that he grew up watching because they're they're a bit older than he is.、Um, And oftentimes during our monthlies,、uh, we end up having match ties. So we go into, you know,、um, I guess tiebreakers. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he doesn't. 
Very cool. A lot of people have said, I've seen over the internet, that they say your form is pretty identical to that of Paul McBeth's. Did you try to mimic your form after him, or is it just what feels comfortable for you? Paul is my idol, right? He's my fa uh, my favorite player. Yeah. So, 其实我没有特别的在模仿他，或是在效仿他，但是对我来说就是我以这个动作下去练习，我可以比较顺畅，比较顺畅做投资。所以所以大家说我很像他，哎，其实我也这么觉得。你你这么觉得还是这么不觉
how are you liking the trip so far?第四天第五天 Having been there for four or five days now, um, as I'm sure it would be, you know, the, the case for anyone, uh, you know, culture clash, I'm sorry, culture shock, having to deal with jet lag, having, you know, the whole language, the whole different scene, you know, being alone in a new country for the very first time. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a bit to, you know, have on your shoulders, but as you could see during the first uh, event at La Mirada. But as time goes by, it can only improve. It, it'll only get better as I begin to become more accustomed to everything around here. But, but overall, yeah, but overall, you know, he's having a great time. <laughs> good, good, good. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That you You mentioned jet lag. I mean, I think from California to Taiwan, if I'm not mistaken, is like 16 hour time difference. Um, maybe in the past or however that works. So you're reliving time, but it's all messed up for you. Um, so I want to ask two questions. One is a short one. How old are you? What's your age? 24. 24? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 24. Some people are in the chat trying to figure it out in the, in the live chat. And then secondly, this is fun, not related to disc golf. You're in the United States. Um, what food, what food do you want to try that you've never tried before that maybe the U.S. has, or maybe like what food do you like that the U.S. has? Oh, 或是一些素食餐厅素食在台湾比较少见的然后很多可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可以可
Um, so you're playing a few events leading up to the Las Vegas challenge. Are your plans to go back to Taiwan after Las Vegas, or are you sticking around a little bit longer? Uh, 所以如果我可以更改我的机票我就会到路易斯安娜去找我的朋友然后在当地打一些比赛啊增加我的经验这样那我讲那个吗那个 然后就会希望在九月的时候打我全平啊。Okay。对，然后也是之后的比赛，希望都可以参加这样。好好好。Okay. Okay. Uh, yes. My my original plan was to return back to Taiwan after the LVC event. Uh, although now um, I do plan on changing my round trip flight and possibly flying over to New Orleans, Louisiana to visit a friend of mine that lives there and uh, but in the long run my plan my hope is to return back to the u.s in september to participate in the world's championship nice if, if possible yeah awesome very cool yeah that's great to hear um how do you think you're gonna so nick brought up las vegas challenge you just had your first ever tournament in the u.s I don't think you performed as well as you hoped, but very understandable. 16-hour <laughs> time difference, one day to prepare for the tournament you just played at La Mirada. But now you have a couple weeks to prepare for the Las Vegas Challenge. How do you think your performance might go against a tough field of the best players in the world? Just下一个问句嘛,就说你跟 世界上那些高手的下一次比赛你觉得你会怎么样表现表现会怎么样你会不会紧张吗还是之类的对其实这这点光我用光想的我就觉得很紧张但是我不会期望我有多完美的表现但是我希望可以打出我自己应有的程度
大比赛那个时候。对，我其实我最想要遇到就是我的朋友，曾经来过台湾的 Perkins 啊，或是 Conrad 啊，就是因为他们他们人真的都很好，然后我其实很很想再见见他们。然后很想跟他们一起比赛。至于至于我的在 LVC，、欸、我想要见到就是像是 Paul 啊、Ricky、Calvin， 有因为我很欣赏他们的丢盘的时候，所以我也很想要真的亲眼看他们是怎么怎么完成每一栋，怎么完成这一场比赛。对，大概是这样子。OK。Uh, I'm most looking forward to seeing、uh, my friends that came to the Asia Open, such as、uh, Nate Perkins, James Conrad,、um, also, you know, all the other big names such as Paul, Ricky, Calvin,、uh, Big Germ, Nate Sexton.、Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching them perform in person versus watching their videos, just to, you know, pick up their form, maybe pick up a few tips. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. What would you say is the strongest part of your disc golf game? The best part that you feel most comfortable with, and you think is your best、uh, advantage? This is 倒数第二个嘛？你觉得你的你的 game 的哪一部分是最拿手的、最强的？对，我觉得我比较有优势的就是我可以丢的很远。就是我 back backhand side arm, I can throw pretty far. Yeah. 然后另外一点就是我，我觉得我的心态，因为非常高夫的心态非常重要。我可以随时的保持冷静，不管是我丢好或是丢不好的时候，我我不会对自己或是对任何事情发脾气。嗯，对，因为大因为我知道大家。不会想要看你，看你发脾气，对。好好好好好，呃、uh, ，I think my my advantage, uh, I, this is I guess a two part answer. My my advantage physically is being able to throw a considerable distance forehand and backhand. Um, but uh, I feel that my mental game is probably the stronger suit, being able to keep calm. Whether or not I had a good throw,、uh, this is very important for disc golf, as I'm sure nobody wants to watch a player lose their temper during a game. Just、mm-hmm. you know, the composure thing. For sure. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing that、uh, with us. Yeah, definitely.、Um, what are your future plans and goals with disc golf? Is it something that you do want to make a full-time career out of? Just a.、Uh, 你的规划吗？看你这是是不是要当成你的，就是你的工作啊之类的啊。未来，对我未来就是我会朝这个目标迈进，但是我不确定我有没有这个能力去、嗯、去去让这件电费板这件事成为我职业。但是我这一趟来想要证明，或是想要。知道我到底可不可以，可不可以完成这项事这样？嗯嗯嗯，可以啊。但如果如果最好的话，当然就是可以成为职业选手这样。好好好 ，Yes,、uh, I'm sure any aspiring、uh, disc golfer would love 
to be able to have this as their professional career. Uh, and that is my dream. And mainly the point of this trip to America is to validate to myself to see if I have what it takes to go down this road. And, you know, if possible, like, wow, that would be just amazing. All right. Um, I guess what I'm going to do is open it up to you, Jackie. Is there anything that we didn't ask that you would like to say to all of our listeners and those who are understanding English in the English world? Uh, your friend Mike will translate for you. So anything you want to say at all, uh, the floor is yours. <笑>我要講台詞了 他說：“哎,hey,Jackie,you're Okay, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, after, well, as I said before, having to come to a new country, dealing with culture shock and all the, you know, language barriers and just the stress of having to do everything myself. Uh, but once, once on the, being on the course, playing on the course and interacting with everyone, uh, just amazed at how nice and how warm everyone treated me whether or not i performed well or i performed not so well uh, everyone made a point to welcome me and you know say hi take selfies with me and this just really really made me uh just feel so warm and <laughs> welcome and glad that you know uh this the disc golf community really is what everyone says it is just a great loving community and mm -hmm. really 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 uh grateful for this awesome very cool uh one one last question have you ever had and i'm just i'm an ignorant american have you ever had beef jerky before <laughs> uh <laughs> like this it's a piece of meat that's dry <laughs> Have you ever had that before? Tanjo是不晓得有没有 there's many forms of uh, dried meats in Taiwan. Uh, mostly you'll find is pork, uh, beef, not so much, being because it's 
a bit rare here. Uh, but American style beef jerky, no, I've okay. never had that yet. Okay, the reason I ask is because he, I'm sure you've heard of Double G, uh, Garrett Gurthy. He has the um, Double G Craft Jerky that he's giving out, and any guest that we have on our show, he's going to make sure they get a package of jerky. So when you're at the Las Vegas Challenge, look for a Double G. He'll give you a packet of jerky, thanks to the Nick and Matt show, and to <laughs> Gary Gurthy. So. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, we is a true privilege and an honor to have you on the show. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Mike, also for being so willing and able to translate. And uh, Jackie, your English, I heard you before the show, you're better than you give yourself credit for. So thank you very I, much. I was just about to say that oftentimes when you would switch back and forth, your English is actually very clear. Uh, especially when you speak with confidence in it. So just want to say this was an awesome, awesome interview, and it's a huge privilege for us at the Nick and Matt Show to be able to conduct this. And thank you, Mike, also for joining in on this. Uh, you bet. All right. Thank you, guys. Though. Yes, thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you. And good good luck. We'll be, we'll be rooting for you. And uh, if things go very well, maybe we'll reach out again and we'll have you back on. <laughs> All right. Have a good evening okay, or, or morning, wherever you are, Mike. I know you're in Taiwan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, so, you guys much. so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. All Peace. right, everybody. Uh, that was Jackie Chen from Taiwan and uh, his buddy, Mike, who is in Taiwan. It's early morning there and 16-hour delay to Jackie. So that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I love the way their language sounds, um, it's always been super, super cool to me. And it's very cool to hear them just go back and forth so perfectly of, you know, we're speaking to Mike, Mike speaks it to Jackie, Jackie speaks it to Mike, Mike speaks it back to us. And it was just so like perfect. I, it was very, very fun to listen to. This might be an episode where I listen back because one day I would love <laughs> to maybe pick up a couple words out of their language, yes. the Mandarin language, and maybe I'll be able to hear it a little bit. So that, that'd be ideal. All right. <laughs> hey, go ahead and put three up with Ben, uh, with Evan. I say Ben and Evan interchangeably now. Um, <laughs> Evan, did anything stand out? You were sitting there quietly listening in, like, or was, were you just taking it all in? Like, Yeah, that was so much fun just to sit back and listen to. I was just lounging in, just being like, it's it's amazing. Well, one, what our what our like technology has brought us that we could do this and put this together. But just two, like just culturally, kind of just come together over the over a sport, and that's just it's it was so cool to hear. I loved everything about it. I'm so excited for Jackie to continue playing events in the U.S. and mm -hmm. just be on a global kind of uh, stage that disc golf is providing. Yeah, I I was just inspired by that. Uh, the the whole idea of traveling so far away from home to a country you've never been even a country you've been to is traveling so far away having a day or two no matter how you slice that to get ready for a tournament we we are going to talk about it a little bit he performed at that tournament and he averaged 958 rating but his player rating is in the what 1028 1030 range it's right in that range he performed the same exact as own Scoggins, which here's what that means. That's not a diss to either player. That's a benchmark of that's how he performed, which is like good. If I played like own Scoggins, I'd be pretty happy, but it's not going to keep up if he played that 
at the in the MPO. And that's what we saw. I think he got a 49th place finish at this tournament. Now, the 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 way I wrap that statement up is saying like what I already said to to preface that. <laughs> so much world travel, a day to prepare in a course he's never been, a lot of nerves, all of that going into it, but Nick, do you have high hopes for this guy? What do you think? Is it just overseas luck or do you think he's ready to go? No, I mean, I definitely, it's tough to say after one tournament where you can kind of envision him playing in the next few tournaments. Um, I think the biggest thing is one massive amount of travel. That's got to wear you down pretty, pretty hardcore. And I've never done that much travel, Um, but there have been times where I would either drive 10 hours and try to play around or whatever. And I've been pretty exhausted afterwards. So I want to take that into consideration, obviously. And then uh, I think just being such a massive kind of like international star in a sense. I mean, all of a sudden, everyone in the disc golf world heard about Jackie Chen when he competed, you know, so great at the Taiwan Open. And then to finally come over into the States and now you got to compete, not not yet against the best in the world, but just on complete new grounds. Like he said, he's doing this all by himself right now. People were nice to him. Don't get me wrong, but you're doing something completely new. I mean, I could probably recall my first disc golf pro tour event where I went to a completely different state, played a course after 13, 14 hours of travel, maybe. And I averaged like nine twenty at it probably. So what, I don't what, know, like five points I, below your rating. Back then I was like 30 or 40, probably maybe, maybe 50 at the most, but, uh, I was just trying no, to I mean, burn I, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I um I have high hopes for Jackie. I think he's gonna be awesome. He's got silky smooth form. I'm very curious to see more videos of him and to just see him compete these next few weeks. Yeah, for sure. I think people like may think, oh, he had a super high player rating because player ratings are weird. He's only played a few events. Being in a totally different country with not a ton of events, it could be kind of fluky. But he he beat James Conrad, who is the current world champion, in the beginning of 2020. It wasn't like it was five years ago. It was it was beginning of 2020. I mean, that's almost two years ago now. But uh, he beat Nate Perkins. He beat Philo Brathwaite. He beat uh, Manabu uh, Kajiyami. Kajiyama. Wow, good job, Evan. Did I say it? I, uh, <laughs> He's trying it three different um, ways, but good job. Yeah, uh, Manabu is what yeah. most people uh, refer to him as. Like He's played him twice. He lost by six strokes over like five rounds or something like that. So very close to Manabu, who is a proven good player. Uh, he's from Japan. He has done very well at many events in, in the U S he's not a fluke. Jackie Chen can keep up with him. Jackie Chen beat him at the Asia open when he also beat Nate Perkins, Philo Brathwaite and James Conrad. So I don't mm-hmm. think any of it was a fluke. Uh, you could, you could ask the consistency question. Can he always do that? I think that's fair. Um, I think, can he come over to the U S and do it with all the whole culture shock too? He was able to do it in his home of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Can he come over here and do it? But just him as a player, I think you, you got to know he is good. It's just a matter of whether he can do it now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's obviously the biggest thing you're going, you're learning new courses, completely new. You're in a new area. Um, consistency. He may not be, I don't know how much he generally plays, but Give him a couple of weeks in the States. Let him get a little bit more comfortable with everything. Maybe let his body heal up a little bit. And I think we're going to see a slow progression. I don't know if we're going to see the 1040 rated or the 1030 rated Jackie Chen, but you might, you know, at Vegas, we might see a 1010 rated Jackie Chen. We might see a thousand rated. I mean, I, I would be very happy for him just to come over and cash at his first pro tour event. I think that would be absolutely incredible. 
Yeah, I think his next tournament is Winter Time Open, so we'll just keep our eyes on that. I'm rooting for him regardless of his finishes. It's exciting to yeah. hear and see how he's performing. And he said in his one of his answers, he's feeling this out. Is this something that he feels like he can do as maybe a career? I don't know if you use those words, <laughs> translating, but like, is this something that he can do going forward? All right. Uh, with, with to hold on to to really quick, just kind of like jump off the Jackie Chen train, but to stay on the La Mirada one. And I don't think we said this earlier, but I do want to give a massive shout out to Jacob Curtis Cupcake. If you guys yes, don't know who he is, he's Cordis. Cupcake Discs on Instagram, and he actually he usually watches the show. He's usually commenting, always says hello to people. Um, Cupcake took it down though, and oh, I was Evan's watching got the live scoring. Oh yeah, so I'll let I'll let him go with the whole stats thing, but it was badass. Congrats. Cupcakes a good good dude. Yeah, I mean this was I think his sixth PDGA win, and I believe fourth MPO uh, PDGA win. It was only his second time uh, winning a multi round MPO event, and last time he did it, it was actually the challenge at Goat Hill last year, but it was like the local version. Mm. He only beat one one thousand rated player at that event. At at this event, it was you know like a dozen maybe thousand rated players I, I think you could say that this was the biggest win of his career uh yeah by a long shot yeah congratulations yeah, to him thousand rated people what was it three rounds and then his event two. average was oh no was it two rounds yeah two rounds it was two rounds sorry two rounds his event average though was pretty badass i think it was 1038 10, 1037 yeah 1037 yeah that's that's pretty nuts against a pretty stacked field i mean yeah. uh bobby music was at it Luke Sampson, who's been, or Samson, who's been playing very well this year. Uh, but Bobby name. Music, I'm pretty sure he's a local out there. So, yeah, I feel like I heard he lives across the street or something like that. Yeah, you know, I would, I would have been surprised. But he I'm beat pretty Bradley sure he played, Williams. He's played it like every year. Mm -hmm. Beating Bradley, Bradley Williams is not easy. Uh, Ooh, that's, yeah, I didn't know Bradley Williams one. was in California, anyways, uh, that he would get out to California. But that's mm -hmm. so impressive. Yeah. And he's only, what, 995 rated? I mean, that's. That's huge. He he's got massive distance though. That kid can freaking crush a disc. And so I I think I was looking. He had like six, seven, or eight birdies in a row or something like that. And a majority of them were on par fours. And so I'm sure he was just slaying drives, easy upshots, and probably making some pretty good putts in between there. But to have that distance from what it looked like in years past, I don't know what the course looks like now. But watching the La Mirada videos in years past, um, it looks pretty openish. Yeah, it it was on the open side. Um, why am I having a brain freeze for who beat Paul McBeth at the Wintertime Open like three years ago? Who was that? Lance Brown. Thank you, Lance Brown. And it's interesting that sometimes you'll get, and I'm, people love me or hate me for these takes, but sometimes you get a flash in the pan and it doesn't happen again. Jacob Cordes, he's made some good moves, but is he going to be able to do it? And if he did have a big win, is that him staking his claim? Or is it, hey, I can do it one in a thousand, like beat Paul McBeth. Now, that's not part of this conversation, really, because he didn't play against Paul McBeth this last weekend, but he beat Bradley Williams, which is a great player. And that's my point is he's doing well. Let's keep an eye on him as well. Um, I want to say, first of all, we have great partnerships here at the Nick and Matt Show, one of them being with Capital Discs. If you've never heard Capital Discs, uh, I'll put up there. There's a little disc right there. It's what we would call a bar stamp. I love the clean look here. We were sent these because of our partnership with Capital Disc. This one's really cool. I love the misprint. 
Um, for those who are listening, it's really nice. Just bar stamps as capital discs and misprints and all that good stuff. Uh, they sent stickers, uh, capital discs. Here's their logo. There, we'll get it to focus maybe. They're, ooh, so sharp on camera. And a mini as well. Jeremy Whitaker over at Capital Disc, they are a startup. They have just about made their official first year as a disc golf brand, meaning a retail, running tournament events, sponsoring players. If you want to do something to support both the local scene, like even if it's not your local scene, but you want to support grassroots, this is Jeremy Whitaker's job to do this locally here he's from texas originally but he's in new york so he's a transplant uh but what we want you to do is use the code nick and matt over to capitaldiscs.com they have just recently launched custom apparel for capital discs go check it out order something there um if you use the code nick and matt you get 10 percent off your order um and then here's something that's really very unique not to the sport but to doing a, a, a sponsorship agreement with Capital Disc to talk about local FPO competition. He has went out of his way to support and sponsor uh, players, one of them being FPO player Casey Della Pena. You can go find this on their social media. Um, they are providing to her her own, I'll say, line uh, of discs for, specifically for her and their Latitude 64. If that interests you, go check it out. They have Opto Glimmer Sapphires, Opto Glimmer Fuse, Opto Diamond. They go on sale this Friday at capitaldisc.com. Help raise funds for her and for Capital Disc. It goes right back into the local scene. Uh, all the profits raised for her go to her, all the, all the, the money that comes in for that. Um, go like them on social media. They're just about to hit 3,000 subscribers. Uh, Nick, how many subscribers do you have? <laughs> Oh, uh, we're talking like on YouTube or Instagram? Uh, yeah, Nick, how many on YouTube do you have? <laughs> I have zero. I okay. Actually, I have uh, 4,000, looks like 800. Okay. About on okay. YouTube. So you, you know how big of a deal, you know how big of a yeah. deal it is to get up there into the thousands. They are just about to tap 3,000. And when they do, because uh, we are going to go over there and like it, and everyone else that's listening is going to go like it, then they're going to do a giveaway. Um, and like I browse through their website and they have some really cool disc craft stuff. Like I throw an Onyx ESP Onyxes. They have some really pretty ones, but I didn't want to buy them out because we we're going to do this ad and I didn't want anybody to be missing out on it. They got Lunas. Uh, I don't know. What else did I tell you that they have crystal something? I, I don't know. You got to check them out. Capitaldisc.com. Use the code Nick and Matt. Uh, you've met Jeremy before, right, Nick? I have. We actually filmed the video down here in, we were in New London, Virginia, which is technically, I think, Forest slash Lynchburg. It's just like a little off town of it. Uh, but we filmed the video at the course in New London. I don't know if he ever posted it, actually. I haven't been on YouTube too much, so I'll have to check. <laughs> but yeah, he, he is doing fantastic work there. Again, if there's any way for Nick and Matt show, and, and Evan too. Evan, you've met Jeremy. Yeah. M gave me steak during the MVP <laughs> Open. Oh yeah. I gotta thank that oh, guy yeah. forever for that. Just walking by, just oh Evan, grab some. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he's a great guy, but we're not we're we're supporting him, but we're supporting his efforts in realistically the New England area and beyond. What he's doing has a ripple effect. Capitaldiscs.com. Please support our show by supporting him. Use Nick and Matt as your code. 
lets them know what's happening from our show to theirs. Um, and you get the 10% off. You're going to be supporting an uh, awesome, awesome thing that he's doing over there. And you're going to get great discs. Uh, go check that out. All right, uh, let's move on here. Let's go into a little bit of, are you ready for this, Ben? Fact or fiction? Let's do it. Here we go. Oh, Ben, Evan, you got fact when or did, fiction. When, right? did we, when do we name it fact or fiction? fiction? Wow. That's why Evan's eyes and mouth are dropped. Like, what are you saying? Yeah, I'm hurt. Yeah. I'm hurt. Yeah. I, don't, I don't tell facts. I tell stats. Man, exactly. Presented by Statmando. Hey, we lost yeah. that audio track again. It didn't say presented by. <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. Um, all right. So we'll get right into stat or fiction. Uh, I'm just kidding, Matt. If you mess it up, it's okay. I still appreciate it. Um, You're fired. So, uh, yeah, oh, you wish. Um, <laughs> uh, we talked about Jackie Chen. A uh, lot of good round ratings. He actually has. Um, 33.33 a third um percent of his rated rounds in his career are rated 1040 or above 33 percent a third that's four out of 12 uh including the uh, most recent tournament at la mirada um out of everyone in the world um paul Macbeth owns the best percentage of uh total round ratings at 1040 plus or higher with 39.20% of his career rounds being rated 1040 or higher. That's insane. And that's, that's the, that's the stat. Oh, so is, that's okay, the stat of fiction. Yeah. Paul Macbeth okay. owns the best percentage of 1040 plus yeah, rated rounds or higher true. for your career. That's insane. With 39.20%. The fact that you have that number makes me feel like that's a stat. I'm going back to last yeah, week's right. show, Nick, that you missed. There was like 600 rounds or something that were rated 1,040 or better, or something along those lines. Uh, so if you did the math, you could figure out how many rounds he's done in his life, if this is right. I'm just going to say yeah. stat. That's where I'm going. I got to give it to the man. So I got stat. Uh, I want to go stat as well, but I kind of want to go different than Matt. You know, <laughs> there's, I, I, there's I'm going to keep this one simple. Huh? I said I'm there's gonna go, three I'm gonna rounds. Go, yeah, I'm going to go stat. All right, this is fiction, <laughs> but it's fiction for two reasons. Okay, two reasons. So just just one of these reasons would have been a little tricky. Um, his percentage is actually not thirty nine point two percent. It is much higher. It is fifty one point five two percent of his career rated rounds are rated ten forty or higher. Like that, I almost feel like that's not true. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not true. But yeah, but your machine insane. is failing yeah. you. <laughs> that's what it yeah. spit out, and that's unbelievable. What? Like, is this another ledge dumping that that came from? I think it's right. This that's is where Saturn fiction yeah. came from. <laughs> uh, but it's also not the best percentage, uh, and I wouldn't have done just this because somebody has 100% of their rated rounds. Remember Andrew Simmons from last year? Oh, shot man. during that flex. He shot a oh, 1044, yeah. maybe, uh, and that's his only career round ever. Uh, mm. But so there's two things: the percentage and uh, you have to Andrew do like Simmons. a uh, what is it? Like a just a, a criteria. They're like saying, yeah, like, "Come on, who've played? Yeah, more at than least one ten round. rated yeah. rounds or a <laughs> hundred. Um, but I will say yeah. the 39.20 percent is actually Eagle McMahon's uh, career percentage. So I just stole his instead of Macbeth's. Hmm. Is he on Dang. the right well, track? Evan gets a point. Yeah. Apparently. 
Evan gets a point, but we don't have the points up yeah. for him today. Okay, what do we got? Okay, so uh, we talked about Jackie Chen beating Nate Perkins, uh, Philo Brathwaite, James Conrad, and Manabu Kajiyama uh, all in the same field. Uh, so when all those players are in the field, um, that's Philo, Nate Perkins, Conrad, and, and Manabu, Paul McBeth, Ricky Wysocki, Garrett Gerthy and Jackie Chen are the only players to ever win an event with that field. Does that make sense? Was that too complicated? No, I think it made sense. Okay. With that. So when Philo Perkins, Conrad and Manabu are all in the field, there's only been four ever winners. That's Paul McBeth, Ricky Wysocki, Garrett Gerthy and Jackie Chen. <laughs> That's really unique. Again, I'm, I yeah. got it wrong. The last one, but Nick, go ahead. I'm going to go stat. Yeah, that's what I'm doing too, but I got it wrong last time. I feel like that's such a stat. Like, how do you find that out? I guess you could have searched that and eh, I'm going stat. I can't let Nick run away. All right. You guys, you guys are just choosing the same thing, but that's okay. Because uh, you guys are both right. It is a stat. All right. Um, so the reason, the reason I said stat, and Evan might just say this in about two minutes when I'm finished answering, but um, the reason I said stat is because I had to think of Masters Cup, where Ricky, Paul, Garrett, and who was the fourth? Who won? Uh, Jackie Chen himself. And Jackie Chen himself. The other three won because Manabu has played Masters Cup in the years past. So, yeah, I, I had to think of Masters Cup, and I think that's what gave me my answer. That is a great line of thinking. Uh, there's been five total events with those four in the field. Two of them are Masters Cup. The other two are worlds, one being 2016 and the other being 2019. And then the Asia opens the fifth. Um, so it, all those players have won. Ricky was the only one to win twice. He won the first two times they were both in the field, the 2016 worlds and 2018 masters cup. That stat tells us a few things. I'm not going to break it down now, but it tells us about the field, like when those are at the field, but then you throw in the Taiwan aspect to it, but it's still, that's a fantastic stat. All right. Number three. All right. So. Uh, we talked about La Mirada happening uh, this past weekend. Uh, La Mirada was the host of the first ever national tour event. Um, that is that is true. Um, it was the Golden State Classic in 2003. Steve Rico took it down in MPO. Stat or fiction is that was Steve Rico's only national tour win of his career, being the Golden State Classic at La Mirada in, 20, uh, in 2003. Um, my answer is no. And I'm not as studied up as I should be, but I'm feeling pretty good about this one. But Nick, what do you got? Or fiction, I was thinking fiction too. I was thinking fiction too because of course you were. Paul, Paul, yeah, I know. Paul just posted a picture with him and Steve Rico, and it talked about how I thought it said Steve has won multiple NTs, or I saw it somewhere else. But I feel like I've seen Steve Rico's name recently, but I don't want to tie at the top, so I'm going to go with stat. Just for that, even though you had all the reasoning, but I did say national tours and MPO. National so, tour. So, uh, no, Nick, you had it, even if though you guessed it wrong. Uh, it's fiction. Uh, yeah, Steve that's Rico what I, that's what I thought. has won five total national tours uh, Golden State Classic and Brent Hambrick in 2003, Masters Cup in both 2005 and 2008, and then the Kansas City Wide Open in 2008. Gotcha. Well, I thought, I thought Masters Cup because. I think I studied up on Steve like years ago because I, I think he's a really cool player. 
I thought he, he played great at like 2013 USC, USDGC, 2015 Worlds, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to tie and then go through the five rounds of tiebreaker that we had to do like two weeks ago. So I was like, you know what? I think I'll <laughs> just get sake, Matt the win on this week. Get, but here, Evan, tell him what you texted me following last week's show, the stat you gave me. Oh my, I, I actually don't know what you're talking about. E, okay, yeah, well, I don't know either. I'm just making it up. Nick. I have officially surpassed you, I think, in... Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, what is it? How does that go, Evan? Uh, yeah, best uh, stat or fiction, like, correct answer percentage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can pull it up you real quick. Nick, you could have did it for the percentages here. You you know, we could have just went with a tie. Yeah, but I guess I'm throwing it pur- purposely. That's all right. Next week, now I'll, you're I'll go lagging three, no, by next like, week. Now you're lagging by, like, two, I think. So you got to pick it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go three. I'll go three now. All right. I'll have to redo the percentages. Uh, <laughs> but Matt is now up to thirty uh, correct and Oof. twenty-five wrong, and Nick uh, is at thirty-one correct and twenty-nine wrong. That's percentage or actual numbers? That's actual numbers. I was going to say if that's so, percentage, the sad part is Paul has thrown more thousand forty rated rounds percentage-wise yeah. than I have a guessed right questions. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you're at uh, you were at fifty-three point five uh, point eight five. That's going to go up, getting two out of three. Uh, so you are higher. Nick's gonna go down. Yeah. He might. He might get below Paul. We'll see about that. Mm. Paul. Paul has a better chance of throwing a 1040 rated round than I do, and getting a question right in stat or fiction, and that is disgusting. Like uh, that's just I. I that, yeah, that makes me not even want to answer anymore. To keep it on Tom Brady from last year, uh, he I think he went 12 and five this year in the regular season, but like going. Generally, if he goes 12 and four in a 16 game schedule that he used to be, that lowers his career win percentage going 12 and four. Like that's a good season for almost any team, any team yeah. at the beginning of the season. You're like, Hey, you're going 12 and four. They're like, cool. Sounds great. Oh, sounds good to me. I is, must be killing That is it. lower than Tom yeah. Brady's average. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. Insane. <laughs> Just goats being goats. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Um, let's hit a few of these other topics before we get ready to close down the show. Things are going a little bit funky on the, the IT side of it, if you will. been working pretty hard on some of this stuff um, leading up to what's going to be actually another. I can't announce some things yet, actually. <laughs> I'm about to just speak out of place. Um, but working a lot of IT stuff, and for some reason, my bit rates. For those who I've had people chat, they're like, I love the nerdy stuff. Tell us more. I'll just tell you from this perspective, we don't usually have this issue, but my, my bit rate is going from like, 2000 up to like 9000 up and it just keeps fluctuating like a roller coaster something's something's freaking out here my cpu is fine 14 percent cpu so anyways let's keep going the recording's totally fine so if we have to we'll just upload this and the audio listeners are like why do you tell us this stuff like we're listening in our car and it's beautiful yeah <laughs> but our live stream it, they're still out there chatting it up so that's awesome okay the all-star event we have almost made it gentlemen to like the first official disc golf pro tour event of the season. And is it technically of this season or is it only because it's in this season that the pro all-star is this season? You see what I'm saying? Like, is it last season's all-star? I, I, would, season? I would say it this year. It's celebrating last year's, okay. but it's for this season. Three days away from the recording of this show. Three days away. Uh, uh, notables. I don't know if you saw this. There's no Paul. There's no Ricky. Those are two of the biggest faces of disc golf. Um, mm-hmm. Paul is not starting his tour. I don't know if he's officially come out and just said like, Hey, I'm not going because my tour hasn't started yet, but his schedule starts at the Memorial. So, and Ricky says he wants more time to practice his new disc. 
Uh, you guys going to watch the live stream draft? Have you heard about that? They're going to do it live streaming. You're going to sit down just like the NBA is doing. And uh, for this. Yeah. When is that happening? Why do I feel like it's like tomorrow? Th Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Yep. Thursday at 8. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any plans for Thursday at 8 o'clock. That's well, not what your girlfriend said. Sit down and watch Yeah, well, it. I know. That's, that's, that's where I'm nervous of. I'm like, I actually write <laughs> stuff on my calendar now because she always gives me a hard time of not like, she'll be like, hey, what are you doing this date? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, probably nothing. And then that date comes and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm going out disc golfing with my friends. And she's like, no, we had plans. And I'm like, okay, I need to start writing stuff down. So I don't think I'm doing anything Thursday at eight. So I'm going to write down watching pro tour all-star draft selection. Just sit down, <laughs> open a bottle of wine, you know. That's usually what happens. Nice caps have. So Nick, quick tip. Because I'm very similar. My wife's always like, you got to write things down. I use Siri on my iPhone as my personal assistant. And you just got to say like, and I don't want to do it because my phone will bing right now. But like, hey, add this to this date and remind me two days ahead. <laughs> like I do that for everything. Yeah. Everything. I need, I need to get better about that. So what's really funny is for some odd reason the other day, I woke up at I don't know, 5.15 in the morning and you know, I looked at my phone. So I was like, why am I awake? And I, I kind of woke up like wide awake too. I was like, okay, what, what time is it? I look and it's only like five 15 in the morning. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm definitely not getting out of bed right now. So I go shut my eyes, put my phone down and I can't fall asleep. Like 10 minutes goes by. And so I was like, you know what? I've just been like, lately, I've just been really excited about disc golf. I'm really excited about kicking off the season and really excited about playing disc golf. I just had a winter tournament on Saturday and you know try to get out through the week this week in virginia we're supposed to have nice weather and so i've just been like really excited about touring again and playing local events and so at 5 15 in the morning i'm on disc golf scene literally signing up for tournaments like okay i'm gonna put this down right now because i think i'm free this weekend and it's probably gonna fill so bam i'm just gonna sign up for this tournament if i can't go i can't go but i signed up for like a b tier right before waco i signed up for a c tier like right after tallahassee and then I set a reminder for three different tournaments so that when a registration opens, I'll be reminded that it's opened up because I'm really hoping <laughs> I found out the PDGA champions cup. I found out how the tiered registration is working and I'm technically on tier three. So it goes the invited people first till a certain date and then 10, 20 and above till a certain date and then thousand and above. And then after that, it opens up to everyone. So I've got like five or six reminders now on my phone. Literally saying like, hey, sign up for this tournament, sign up for that tournament, because it's crazy. Tournaments nowadays fill up in five minutes, and I don't know. I literally, I want to play so many tournaments this year. I'm so beyond excited for the competitive nature again. All right. I it's, thought of this, Nick. Insane. You need to treat your girlfriend like you treat disc golf, and I only know that from experience. So, like, you're setting all these reminders for when to sign up. <laughs> you got to set all these yeah, reminders. I know. Anyways, long story yeah. short, uh, let's get Ben's input here. Ben doesn't have a clue I'm coming to him right now. This is our uh, assistant producer here off camera. We don't even have a camera for him yet, but he's got a nice microphone, right? What, what, what microphone are you using? Sure, SM7B, the same one you are using. Oh, wow. There nice. you go. Pretty nice, huh? It's it's a great microphone. That's your own microphone. It is my own. He brought it in. He said, I got a microphone. Can we hook it up? I got some things nice. to say. Yep. So let me ask, are you interested in the all-star event? I am. While you guys are talking, I was thinking about um, signing up for the Disc Golf Network. And um, I haven't yet. And I think I might because when I'm working, I can watch. That would support them. But guess what? And this isn't breaking news. It's also going to live stream on YouTube. 
this event. So you can still do it to support them, and it's it's. I think the product's great. I think the quality's yeah. better. All of that. So it's worth it. <laughs> um, let me ask you this one. This one, I'm throwing this one to Ben too. We'll let him start this conversation. All right, let's do. It. Ready? <laughs> he had no prep on this. Hot take. You ready, Ben? Your first I'm ever. I'm so ready. Okay. He's like he's made. <laughs> he's been waiting for this moment. Who is gonna perform worse this year than last year? Like in the top fifteen. Maybe if we're being generous to you, the top 20, like think of a player that you're like, man, they, they performed higher than how good they actually are going to be this year. Oh, so, I mean, I didn't give you any prep, but do any names come? It's uh, actually such a great question. And I'm glad it's pointed towards Ben. I'm going to pull it up for you. Okay. Yeah. You can pull that up. Okay. Let me check. So, like, look at the, to uh, the top 10 right now. Uh, we can go to view all. Yeah, you can pull it up there. You're operating it. There you go. Don't go higher than top okay, 20. Okay, okay, Who played better last year, according to this ranking system? It's going to place worse. It may be one worse, but you just feel like they played a little bit better than uh, they actually will do this year. I think, if I, if I were to say, I say, right now, I'd say, I really like Joel Freeman, but I think he's going to go down. For some reason, I just feel that in my heart. Um, but I really like him. I love it. He comes on the show and he's like, in my heart. I feel like it's a hot take, yeah. man. Burn him. No, I'm yeah. kidding. And then I'd say um, one oh, more. Give us more. I'd, I'd, I mean, it's not that hot of a take. I'd say maybe Kale might do a little worse. He's 15, but that's about it. That's all I'd say. Man. I don't know, though. I don't know. Though. <laughs> you can't sit on the fence. You can't sit on the fence. Well, I, I just said you too. Uh, ben Kenny says, Kayla Visca, Joel Freeman. There you go. It's out on YouTube forever. <laughs> <laughs> and now when you meet you Kale at, you know, MVP Open, yeah. and he hears that you said that on the show. You... I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. It'd be, it'd be an honor. <laughs> so this is kind of, you know, a question that I have off of that. And what's really cool is down here in Virginia, we're doing this winter disc golf series called the brawls, whatever. Um, James Conrad's dad, Jim Conrad. I think he's James Conrad. The second technically is what I'm pretty sure he said. Anyways, I played with him first round at the brawl event. Super, super nice guy. I played with him a bunch now here in Virginia. Uh, wicked nice guy. But the only reason I'm bringing his name up is because, you know, when I look down this list of players and you think, you know, who had a good year, who had a bad year, that's in like the top 15 to 20 players. Like besides for the world championships, how good of a year technically did James Conrad have? Or besides for the end of the year, like how good of a year did Drew Gibson have? Because Drew Gibson made a lot of noise the last few events of the year with the Pro Tour Championships and USDGC, the way he was playing and putting at those events. He had a big ace at USDGC. But you look at it, it's like how good of a year did he actually have? You know, like Drew right now is top 10. He's in 10th place. Do I say, ah, he'll probably jump to eighth place or drop down to 15th place by the end of the season? That's so that's what I'm wondering. Question. Like, how, how are we determining a good season? Well, like, I think, I think Adam Hammes, Kyle Klein, Paul Eagle, Ricky had great seasons. I think Chris Dickerson and Calvin had average seasons, but pretty consistent with, I guess, how they play throughout every single year. So they're all kind of solidified where they're at. But then there's players like Drew Gibson had a great end of the year. I don't think did incredibly well at the beginning of the year. Didn't play great at Worlds. I think actually him and I tied at Worlds. So that's kind of like my, it's it's almost like a loaded question in a sense. But I don't know. What do we determine a well, great season? Well, first of all, you missed last week's show. You were flying. And we actually talked about yeah. breakout seasons and all that kind of stuff. 
we can go down that road and I'm not going to stop it if that's the direction we want to go with it here. Yeah. But we're more asking who's going to perform worse this year than they did last year. So let me just ask you that question. Is Drew Gibson going to perform better? That's what you were just saying. Like, is he going to get eighth or is he going to do worse? If you had to play the odds here, what do you think for Drew Gibson? Let's just pick him, for instance. What do you think, Nick? Better oh, or worse? I'm sorry. One more time. I was reading Drew the Gibson. Chat. You, better uh, or worse? I think Drew's going to have a worse okay. season. I'm not saying bad. Year. No, 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 no. And, yeah. I, and I'm not either. It's literally like if you just puts him at number 11 by 2023, <laughs> then technically he had a worse season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's dropping down to 30th or 40th, but at the same time, like, uh, I thought he made some pretty awesome noise and he played great at like Ledgestone. Don't get me wrong. He, he had some great events throughout the year, but I don't know. I think next year, just a little bit worse. Not a lot, just a little. I think Evan, he's always sitting there with his name. He's going to throw at us, and we're all going to be like, oh, man, that was a good one. Is there a name there that stands out? That's a hard question to ask for. All right, if we're going off of UDISC rankings, mm -hmm. which all the love to him, but I'm going to say Nate Sexton because mm. he didn't play a ton of events last year, and I think UDIS system, because it – it, it value like obviously it's how well you did compared to other players but if you play a little events and play really well nate sexton coming in third at worlds and doing well at a few others i'm sure hot round at usdgc i don't know his final place but it was top 10 i believe i think if he plays more events this year i do think it's going to drop him down um and the other one i'm going to say is vinyl makala kind of for the same reasoning um i think the europeans were a little bit on the MPO side, actually, and the FPO side too, are a little bit propped up because they have the same weight as the U, uh, North American. And I think mm -hmm. if they come over and they start playing a lot more uh, North American events, I think they're going to fall down just a little bit. Um, not that they're not going to do good, but I think their ranking is going to fall a little bit. And, and I will yeah. say, especially on the FPO side. You think on the FPO side? See, I was going to think the opposite. I mean, the FPO side, Kristen came over and I thought played really well at the disc golf pro tour events that she played in and then i was thinking on the mpo side they would drop a little bit but i think kristen i mean what is she at right now she's she's number one so she's and, number one yeah i mean dominance. i think so yeah technically she might go down a little bit but i mean you have kristen and evelina at the top two i think that'll flip-flop like but i think kristen and evelina will stay in the top five throughout the whole year i i think they it's will kind of, too and i I think yeah. they absolutely could be one and two. Their dominance is really high. I'm pretty sure it's, it's like almost double pages, uh, something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think like Kristen had an incredible North American tour. I think she was here the whole year. She wouldn't have been that good all year long. She hit her mm -hmm. stride when she came over. She showed us what she can do and she could absolutely repeat it. But I think just like Paige, kind of streaky, Paige had some chunks where she would look unbeatable and then some where it's like, oh, wow, like, She's struggling to finish top 10. Yeah. Uh, so I think Kristen can kind of hit that too. And she just, we saw the best of Kristen, which was awesome to see. And so then because of this ranking system, it kind of takes that thinks Kristen's always that good. And when she plays the other Europeans and then um, has them face off against that. So like Evelina and um, uh, Henna Blomrus and Heidi line, I believe I'm pressing any right also kind of get like that good Kristen to compare. I believe I, I I'm not a genius on how they work their system, but that's kind of my interpretation. So I think this year with all of them coming over, it's no longer reliant on Kristen's comparison to the other players. It's now reliant on their play straight to the Americans. If that makes sense. 
So I think they're going to drop a little bit. Not that they're not worthy of being the one and two, Evelina and Kristen. They, they clearly could be. I'm not saying I'm predicting they're going to fall. Their dominance yeah. index, I believe, is going to fall. See, Evan's using all these oh, like cool. numbers and everything, and it makes sense. Yeah, I'm just like, right. hey, what do I feel like? So like, yeah. I kind of agree with Nate Sexton. I was like, ooh, but he did pretty good. He's pretty consistent. Like, he's going to stay. But, like, again, if we're talking, like, one or two drop counts as a drop, then, I mean, that's really minimal in today's competition scene. Very minimal to drop one or two. Uh, this is – I sometimes I hate my hot takes. But, man, like, is Adam Hammes here to stay? Or is he not going to perform as well as he did this last year? And it's like, that was an excellent year for him. Uh you could almost consider it like a breakout year. Like he had his wins that he's never had in that same stage. Um, if I had to pick, he's not going to be better than seventh in the UDIS rankings at the end of next year. Um, we'll have to come back and revisit this. But if I had to say, yeah. like, that's what I'm choosing. And uh, it has nothing to do with wh whether I like him as a fan or not. It's just how I feel. Um, and then the interesting one here, one other 17th place in UDISC rankings, James Conrad. Is he going to be better than that or worse than that? At the end of the year, James Conrad. I think that's about accurate. Kind of yeah. like that 15 to 20 range. Yeah, I think he I think he will jump up. Okay. I don't know top 10 wise, but I think he could make a solid push for 11 through 13. Um, right now, my 11 through 13 are Andrew Marweed, Kevin Jones, and Joel Freeman. Yep. All great players. All have the ability to do very well at pretty much every single event. Andrew Marweed almost winning the Wild Open, losing in a playoff. Kevin Jones has won Pro Tours in the past, and Joel Freeman has been in contention at a lot of events. Um, and then Mason Ford, who also just went um, Music City Open this past year. But I think James Conrad, with what we've seen in the past from him, um, he won the World Championships. He didn't win anything else last year, but I think this year, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he took down one or two elite series events or was in contention at a pretty good amount of them. Okay. I would see him jump up to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I can buy into that. Do you want to argue with anything we've said, Ben? I think I was actually, I was also thinking Nate Sexton and Vino too, but I, Oh I said yeah. Where I are said. you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, Joel Freeman, I bought your Gator 3 today. It came in the mail. If you're listening, just know that. <laughs> hey, this is so great. I think Joel Freeman might break the top 10 this year, so Ooh. we can argue about that All later right. on. So who's the real fan here? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. We'll revisit this podcast <laughs> at the end of the year. Oh, this is so funny. Ben's yeah. never talked so on our show before, and he's oh. like, he keeps being like, I, but I like you. Yeah. I bought you this. Yeah. I did. It's like, please don't hate me. He's don't a great worry. guy, but um, I don't know. I just think he's going maybe when 14. You, what UDIS rankings, do they reset this year? Like, how, how does that uh, work? I don't think so. It's a rolling, they have, they have a rolling, like, timeline where they start to fall off events and that kind of thing. Gotcha. gotcha, um, gotcha. Should we do this with FPO real quick? You kind of did a little bit. Um, but just pick one. I feel like if I had to pick one, I'm going to say that, dang, Sarah Hokum. I think she's going to be worse than eighth place at the end of next year. And that's based off of a lot of factors. Like there are going to be European FPO playing in here a lot more this year. Um, and I think she had a great year for herself last year. Is she going to do that again? That's who I pick Sarah Hokum. Any thoughts, Evan? I'm I putting you on the spot. I did share my thoughts. You said I think, Kristen. I think Kristen and Evelina, their dominance index yeah. drops down. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Paige should be 
number okay. one overall, but okay. uh, that's that's so subjective there. I guess that's kind of a hot take. Hey, Nick, what do you got? FPO. I think I'm looking at all of it. I mean, it honestly seems really accurate to me. I think I would agree, though. Sarah Hokum <laughs> is the one who I would put in the top 10 of like potentially going down. But, man, I, I look at that top 10 list um, with Valerie being the 10th place person. And all these people just played so consistent throughout the year this year that it's really hard-pressed to put, like, Macy Belladias doesn't tour that much. Um, Owen Scoggins struggles when it comes to bigger courses, which a lot of pro tour events are nowadays. Jessica Weiss plays kind of hit or miss, especially when it comes to putting. Heather Young, great putter, struggles when it comes to the distance factor, though. So... I are mean, they going to do worse this year or better? <laughs> I think Sarah, I, I don't know who's going to do worse, to be honest. Let me, let me right. give me one more one. Right. I'll, it's kind of funny. Too. It's kind of funny, too, though, because like Haley King switching sponsors. So I'm really curious to see how she does. And then Kona switching sponsors, Katrina Allen switching sponsors. I mean, I'm really curious to see mainly how those three do. I don't know. I don't know. Go this ahead. one's I, tough, actually. I, I love all the European players. I'm so excited for come over. I don't want to sound like a hater, but I do think Hannah Blomroos might drop down. I think Katrina Allen, she's seventh right now on the UDIS dominance index. I think that is too low um, or not too low, yeah. but more of, I think Katrina Allen is better than that and will gain spots next year. I also think he has a wrong about Sarah Hokum. She might not be the flashiest player. She might not win events, but she's, but she's consistent. so good at being at the top of the leaderboard. She's just not mm -hmm. risky kind of to, as the field gets stronger and more competitive, you kind of have to be risky in order to win. It's kind of like a first or fifth mentality where Sarah Hokum's like, no, nah, third sounds awesome. Uh, which I don't want to say that is her mindset, but like <laughs> her play is just kind of like, a, a, like queen of clean. That's what she's going by. So I, I do think she's better than eighth. I think you guys are wrong. Um, I think Katrina and Sarah go up, but obviously people have to go down. So I said Hannah Blomers. I also think Missy Gannon. Uh, she so, <laughs> so everybody's going down in FBO. <laughs> no, I said Katrina Allen and Sarah Hokum are going yeah, up. Okay, Hannah okay. Blomers and Missy Gannon are going down. I think the top four stays the same with Kristen, Evelina, Paige, wow. and Haley are all the top yeah. fours. I love sports. And then I think Katrina's fifth. I, I love sports because everyone so has a different opinions. That's the biggest thing. Is that, that yeah, I I don't know enough. I I actually watched for about 10 to 15 minutes the other day was some coverage that Evelina and Hannah were both on. I think it was in Tampere. I could be totally wrong, but um, I did get to watch a little bit of coverage with them. Evelina smashes and Hannah is just very smooth. I don't know if she's considered like a far distance thrower in the FPO side of things, but I just don't know enough about their game yet. It, you, uh, Evan, you know, in You're a sense might have a little bit of an advantage because he has so many stats when it comes to all this of just like how they're doing at events. He's got all the numbers that he could look up for me. I just don't know enough about them yet. I haven't seen them enough in person, especially with new faces coming up into the sport. I mean, Kona won an elite series last year. Haley won multiple elite series last year, Missy Gannon, all these players who, you know, the last time that I feel like we saw the Europeans, you know, a few years ago when Evelina came, weren't consistently playing at the top. So now I'm really, really curious, but, um, I, yeah, maybe Hannah moves down. I, it's just, it's tough. The FPO side of things right now, I think, is the biggest up in the air because, you know, in all honesty, five of these players could go down and another five players go up. Like Evan was saying, I think Katrina Allen definitely could go up with it. I think Haley King could 
either go to the one spot or the nine spot. I mean, I think it's that that easy for them to do. Yeah, and you said you didn't know enough. We're going to be able to see a lot of that. A lot, um, Evelina, Henna, Kristen, uh, Katie, if that's how you say it. I'm saying it the American way, I'm sure. But uh, coming over, you're going to see a lot of that. And that's why I'm, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of these FPO rankings could change. But if you go further down the list to wrap up this conversation, just to say, like, are these players going to go up? Is Heather Young going to go better than 15th? Is Jessica Weiss going to go better than 14th and own better than 13th? Lisa Fake is better than 17th. And I know you're like, Matt, stop listing all the names, but those are, those are four names that are outside, like 13th or worse, that I feel like could easily be better. So it's going to be exciting to see. All right. And I'll say this too is like, I, I don't think I have like really more data on the European women than other people do. And that's why I'm so excited yeah. for them to come over. I like, as I've been saying, I think their, their dominance index in UDIS is a little higher than I would say, like gut feeling. And then everything mm -hmm. we've done on Statmando's side has put them a little bit lower just because they're in the European fields, which are a little bit, um, I would mm -hmm. say worse, uh, than the American fields. So when we see them this year coming over to America and hopefully more Americans going over to Europe, we'll get a lot more data and it'll just even out the two and we'll kind of see truly where they're at. And that'll be so exciting. I'm pumped. Agreed. It might not sound like I might not be jumping up and down in my seat, but I, I am pumped. And there's a lot that's going to happen this year. That's going to be bigger than any other year. Storylines, the media, the exposure for the players. The, it's just, it's going to be a lot. Uh, and Nick and Matt, we're going to do everything we can to keep getting better, including for the live stream. I apologize again tonight. Not totally sure what's going on. Um, we will work on that. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Nick, we've made it to that point of the show. Uh, ben, we've made it to that point of the show. Uh, get your fingers ready to shut us out. <laughs> uh, by the way, Ben, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen to this, sir. What am I, 20 years older than you? How old are you? 23. What a nice guy. 23. I am. I just turned a different age, so I'm 14 years older than you. Okay. There you go. All right. You don't. Well, you can call me sir, but you don't have to. <laughs> all right nick let's close this out i definitely don't anyways <laughs> hey thank you everyone for tuning in tonight thank you for bearing with us while we're figuring out some technical issues but on the post audio side of things i'm pretty sure there will be absolutely no issue so uh we appreciate you taking your time to listen post audio as well fingers crossed exactly um now once again thank you everyone don't forget to go ahead and leave a like on the video that helps us out a ton appreciate the chat being very active tonight i thought it was a really cool episode having the translator and then Jackie Chen on. I just thought it was a great time. Uh, thank you to Double G Craft Jerky, Capital Disc, for sponsoring the show and helping us out to bring more content like this to you guys. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. That's right. Ben, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Peace out. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.